Hey guys, this is me, Digimove Today. A tu bujer aujourd'hui, ya te mechiste hoje, y vos te moviste ahora. Welcome to a Digimove Today podcast. I'm your host, Andrea, and I'm very excited to be here. In this episode, I have Ana Maria Alvarez as my guest. She is a professional dancer, a choreographer, an artistic director. She has won so many awards. Uh, well, in graduate school, Alvarez taught regularly at UCLA Lab School where she learned about regio and developed a project-based learning curriculum of hip-hop as social resistance that is still taught there today. After graduating, Ana Maria was invited to teach as a full-time faculty member and work with researchers and colleagues to develop ideas as practices of integrating dance and poetry into social studies, science, and mathematics. This work became the birthplace of Contratiempo, who is, which is now her, her uh, dance company. So by 2007, Alvarez and all of the Contratiempo company members were teaching in over 25 different schools all over LA County. Alvarez continues to teach adjunct at UCLA's Department of World Arts and Cultures and UCLA Lab School. I'm super excited to have her here. I met her a couple of years ago uh, when I was in undergraduate school. Um, and you'll see, she's super exciting and someone that you'll love. So without further ado, let's just get started. Hi. Hi, Ana Maria. Thank you for your time. Oh, yay. I'm glad I'm in. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so course. excited to have you here. Of course. Nice. So my first question for you is if you can tell me about yourself. Yeah. So um, I am uh, the founding artistic director of Contratiempo. Um, we are an activist dance theater company based in Los Angeles. Um, I'm also a choreographer. I'm a mom. Um, you know, I... I wear a lot of different hats. Um, in quarantine, I've been wearing a lot of mom hats. <laughs> a lot of my mom hat has been very big, uh, but but um, yeah, I'm a, and I'm I really I consider myself an uh, an activist artist or an artivist, you know, someone who is really committed to creating major social change with the work that um, I do, both with my company, but also um, you know outside of the work with Contratiempo as well. Um, yeah, I was. I mean, I really admire your work. Um, Rocky Raquel Monroe, yes. she was one of my professors from Columbia College. Oh, we go and way back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's when I met you for the first time. So it was a couple of years ago. Why do you great. decide to to pursue dance? So I decided. I mean, I don't ever remember not being committed and excited about moving my body and dancing. Um, I've been dancing since I was little, you know, like um, I started taking actual class when I was around five. Um, my parents were both union organizers and we moved a lot. Um, we always joke that we're like the, the, had the similar life as army brats, <clears throat> but, mm -hmm. um, but a very different, you know, very different career path that my parents took than being in the army. But the, the, the lifestyle was very similar in that we would live, somewhere for maybe like a year or two and then we would move again. Um, but the consistency in my life was always dance. So, so no matter where I was, I would always find and figure out a place that, um, or my mother would actually figure out a place that I could, I could keep moving my body and dancing. So I studied ballet in the beginning, but I also, you know, I grew up in the nineties. So like, you know, nineties hip hop was very much a part of my upbringing. I also, Um, you know, Cuban American. So there is a, there was definitely that part of, you know, seeing my grandfather tear up the dance floor with everyone you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, get to like hear that, hear that kind of music when I would visit my family in Miami, my Cuban side of a family in Miami. 
um, you know, there's just, there was like lots of parts of my life that um, definitely dance was, was just my happy place, my place that I felt like things made sense and that I, you know, could, could feel my best self. So um, I actually, when I got to high school, I, um, I stopped studying ballet because I had this really, really difficult, um, challenging teacher he told me I was never going to be a dancer because my butt was too big to be a, a real dancer, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is, you know, we, it's amazing when we're right now, we're in the fall of white, I mean, we're, white supremacy is being cracked open. And this is like a perfect example of, um, you know, a young woman like coming into her own body and being told by a white man that, you know, I wasn't ever going to be a real dancer because of the way my body was shaped, which was connected to my ancestry and connected to where I come from and the way that I move. And so, you know, there's a, there was this, I feel like I, at that moment I could have stopped, but I, it, the rage moved me and the rage moved me into wanting to prove something, you know, that someone told me I couldn't do it. And so I'm going to, I'm going to prove them different. And, um, that wound up kind of moving me towards finding uh, other forms of dance. I never returned to ballet. That was like my last, um, experience in a ballet class. And, um, I feel so grateful that I found Afro-Cuban dance, Afro-Haitian, Dunham technique, um, all through this incredible dance company at Anti State University called the Iguen Dancers. Uh, Eleanor Gwen was the leader of that dance troupe and, um, as a high school student, I, you know, it was crazy for me to go in a, to, uh, to audition for a college dance troupe. But I was, but I, I just knew that it was like, this was, this was, you know, something that I was really interested in doing, wanting to, wanting to figure this out. So that path really like gave me my life. It led me in the direction of being, uh, being a very long, long time. And I still am a long time student of um, both Afro-Cuban, Afro-Haitian, um, loving like just fall, completely falling in love with Miss Dunham's work and um Catherine Dunham's legacy um of of really she was one of the first dance activists that I ever learned about um and so yeah that that led me then to to make a decision when I went to college at Oberlin College to decide whether I was going to pursue dance or was going to pursue music because I also was a musician I played clarinet for many years and actually got quite good but decided I couldn't imagine my life without dance but if I chose the dance path that I could still be involved in music so so I could do both of them so yeah so then and and I went to UCLA uh, which is where I met Rocky actually Raquel Monroe Uh, we met at UCLA um, where I got my master's in choreography there and really out of my master's grew this deep um, deep interest in how dance could be used as resistance um and, and yeah, that's where just, you use you you started for your thesis. You use salsa, right? Yes, yeah. So my thesis concert was um, really. I mean, it was really a picking a part of a form that I had a lot of love for and a, lot, a long history with, but that was deeply rooted in misogynistic tendis- tendencies of like you know the male female relationship and the just the the relationship of the woman always following and the men always leading. And I was really interested in how just picking apart that relationship could really inform us about resistance and about pushing back and about engaging. And it was right in the middle of the Bush era where there was a ton of stuff happening around the immigration um, 
these these immigration battles that were really um, we were we were told in the media and by the news that we were anti-American if we were pushing back against Bush's you know um, his his at the time seemingly outrageous claims and and behaviors but now they seem tame compared to Trump so Mm. um you know that at that time I was really interested in how resistance was being framed in our culture and resistance is this key to salsa I mean salsa doesn't exist without the resistance between partners and so I was really interested in how that resistance could be reframed and we could kind of reimagine what resistance could be um and and that it's actually a critical part of being in a democracy, democracy and in a democratic society is like being willing and able to push back um, and allowed to push back. And so, yeah, so then I wound up creating this whole piece called Contra Tiempo, which was about that pushback, that resistance. Um, and that that then moved into the company and that was 15 years ago. So we've been we've been around for a while now. Did you ever feel, Ana Maria, when you were at UCLA or in general in the dance world, did you ever felt like uh, you were a minority or? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the the department, of, I mean, I'm, I think immediately to the world arts and cultures because that's really where I was taking it on more than anything. Um, it was, it's a department that is very much rooted in a lot of world dance practices, but there was still a deep hierarchy of European forms, specifically modern dance, um, in relationship to forms rooted in the African diaspora or forms rooted in other diasporas in terms of, you know, um, Polynesian dance and Raksharki, uh, which is belly dance and like the idea of like all these forms having intro classes, but none of them had, you know, inter- intermediate or advanced classes. So it was always like scratching the surface of all these other forms, whereas you could take beginner, intermediate, and advanced of ballet or modern, which is just didn't feel, you know, it felt like it was, we were, we were talking about um, a world arts and cultures department, but really not reflecting that in the, in the offerings. And, you know, I will say the department has changed tremendously um, and has definitely been moving in the right direction. Um, But even before graduate school, I mean, I always was made to feel like an outsider in many ways inside of the dance field um, because I was really interested in, in the, for, the, the social dance forms and practices that were just such a deep part of my, my upbringing and also my, my love and my, my desire to move, you know, clubbing and going out and just getting down and that freestyle is like, was, was where I found light um, and wanting to like really have that be a part of whatever I was creating artistically and aesthetically. Um, and at that time that really wasn't happening a ton. And so it's one of the reasons I started a company was to try to figure out a, to really create a place where I as a dancer could exist and be allowed to be exactly who I was without um, having to compromise it or change it or compartmentalize it in any kind of way. So I, I definitely throughout my experience as a dancer growing up and, and being in the academy felt that I feel like the world we're in right now is so different than when I founded the company. There's so many incredible things happening in the field um, where people are, are, you know, con- combining so many different forms or like also there's just such uh, strong artistry and rigor um, connected to so many of the forms that were considered social dance forms 
and not sort of not legitimized in the same way as they are they're being right now but I think we still have a long way to go yeah for sure now when do you start teaching at UCLA so you graduate for with your MFA and then what happens So I, I did more like adjunct teaching, you know, doing uh, teaching salsa classes. I also started teaching at El Camino College. Um, I, I had a regular weekly class at the King King, which was a club in Hollywood. Every single Tuesday night would just be like a sweat fest, you know, going sweating through like three shirts and <laughs> staying from 8, 8 p.m. to like 2 a.m. Um, and, and that was really where I started recruiting like the first professional company um a lot of the dancers even that I used in a thesis concert I had met I met at the King King or had recruited on the dance floor themselves and which is very different than how we we audition we actually have official auditions these days we don't do that anymore mm -hmm. but um but the but the first iteration of the company was really came from that the social dance practice um and I and I simultaneously was trying to build the company I also was doing um I was as an educator at UCLA lab school which used to be called seeds elementary which was a i was i was integrating uh social ju justice curriculum with the body uh thinking about social movements and how do we how do we engage our, and embody these big ideas of democracy and um freedom of speech and um you know ubuntu like the connection of us all and like so there were there were i was doing a lot of simultaneous jobs while i was also trying to kind of float float the beginnings of this company and after about a year and a half or two years of that out of school I just decided like if I'm gonna do this I gotta really do it I like gotta I gotta quit my, all my day jobs and I just gotta like take it on full full out and if it flops and it doesn't work then at least I tried if it if it does work then you know great then I'll then I will have made the right decision so I did that and after about a year and a half um we got a we got a booking agent and We started touring and um, yeah, things began picking up um, and get, gaining some momentum. We got a few grants. We filed for 501c3 and got a, a nonprofit, um, our nonprofit status. And so the, the company really took off um, after that, that commitment to really just take it on full out. And um, yeah, I, did, I never looked back. <laughs> so so I've, I've done a little bit more. I've done teaching. And I do more residency work um, in different universities now versus adjunct teaching because we don't really have I don't have the capacity to do that as much because of us being on the road so much but um but yeah there's there's definitely it's it's been a journey <laughs> well and you've built a a community I mean Contratiempo is is a well-known dance company I mean I remember when Rocky told me about you and I was like wait there is a Latina that is also doing things. just because <laughs> you know I I didn't have like anyone to look up or you know as, as yeah. a latina woman so i was like okay what are who are the people that are you, I, I'm, i'm sure you understand what i'm trying to yes say. absolutely like making who who do i see myself reflected in absolutely yeah. like yeah absolutely can you tell so. me uh because i know you've been in el salvador um mm -hmm. i i'm from el salvador actually oh you are I, yeah oh, i actually wow. moved here in 2011 and where in el salvador are you from? i'm from the capital san salvador okay And so I moved here just for undergrad and then mm -hmm. for college. And then I've been here ever since. So I, when I saw that you were in, in El Salvador, I was like, oh, my God, I have to ask her. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a crazy story. So we, so we actually, um, 
sort of back up a, a few years before this, we wound up doing Dance, uh, Dance Motion, which is a program uh, that's facilitated by the Brooklyn Academy of Music. Actually, it doesn't, it's not in existence anymore since Trump, but, um, but it, was a, it was a state department tour that dance companies, they would select several dance companies every year to do large scale international touring and dance, like basically be a dance ambassadors for different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And so Contratiempo was selected um, to be part of Dance Motion in, I'm going to get the year wrong, but I think it was like uh, 2012, I want to say. I gauge it based on how old my youngest was, because I remember it was brutal to leave him as long as I did. It was really hard. but, but we wound up going for a month to Ecuador, Chile, Bolivia, and then and each of those places would stay like between seven and 10 days, but the whole entire thing was about a month long. And I mean, we would be in different cities almost every two or three days um, and tried, I mean, we, we met so many people, we shared so much work. It was, it was really incredible work. And, you know, it was when Obama was the president. So there were the there was there were some tensions we were dealing with, but there was definitely a sense of like you know connection and and that we we were able to kind of like build the work upon. Um, then for then about a year and a half ago, we got um, we we were reached out to by the the embassy in San Salvador, so they were interested in doing a program that was originally created for. A, it was a step program that was um, some of the folks from stop had come, gone down there and been teaching folks how to, how to step. And um, they had seen that in our repertory, we, we had a, a step piece that was like, a part, we actually did some body rhythms and some of we've, we've, we've played with stepping and, and body rhythms throughout several pieces that we've done. Um, and, you know, I originally learned gumboot dancing with, with the Iguan dancers, but the, the, body rhythms and percussion was like something that I think they, they kind of glommed onto. They were like, Oh, these people speak Spanish. They, mm-hmm. they know all kinds of like ways to engage communities here. And they, they have, you know, a little bit of body rhythm stepping under their belt. So let's, let's figure this out. So we wound up coming in originally on that kind of program, but obviously brought in our, our own Afro Latin diasporic kind of uh, hip hop interpretation of what we were you know, of what, what it could look like to, to work inside of these communities. But they were, we did two different tours. The first tour was working with um, leaders in the community, like two leaders from each community from about, I think it was 19 different communities who were like the dance teachers or like the people who are going to go back and bring, you know, bring uh, this kind of like, they were, they were doing it like almost like a professional development, like a, Mm -hmm to get inspired, to get creative, to like start building some of their own ideas based on some of the things we were sharing. And then they went back into their own communities and they built work. They like created their own pieces. And then we came back for a second tour. And that was about, um, uh, it was basically kind of like almost like a dance, not dance competition, but it, but kind of like a dance competition where like people basically would share all of their pieces and we were going to like, you know, judge the pieces and share, you know, share our thoughts and uh, insights. But like, you know, we learned. So, I mean, I didn't actually physically get to go with the the company because again, my, I had felt so traumatized. My son was so traumatized last time I left Mm -hmm. for for a month. I decided to to just sit this one out. Um, But the, the company members went and just were so incredibly moved. Um, Jeanette Galdames, who's our rehearsal director, her, 
her family, um, uh, one of her parents is from, her father's from El Salvador. So she got to like meet her family and like be there. Like, you know, it was like this whole kind of homecoming, which was incredible. And, um, and it was just, you know, it was just a, I know that the, the company members felt like they learned as much as they were teaching. You know, there was such a beautiful exchange and a, a deep example of reciprocity. And I think, especially because we were in a Trump America at that time, it was so incredible to be able to speak our language of dance inside of, um, you know, this, di- this diplomacy, mm-hmm. this dance of diplomacy, uh, this dance of diplomacy. So, um, you know, it was a, it was an incredible experience. The one thing I do want to drop there is that they did try to have us wear these t-shirts that were like American flag and El Sal- the, the El Salvador flag kind of back and forth and I was so not okay with us wearing an American flag mm-hmm. inside of a, tr- a Trump America that we wound up actually um, there was actually a fire during the final performance and so the, the we didn't get to do the final performance with them and they wanted to have us come back later but we wound up not coming back a third time because I, I just said we were not going to wear those t-shirts and that wound up being a deal breaker, which was crazy. And that's why I'm saying it out loud because I think people should know that yeah. it's like, you know, it's, we, there, there are certain things that I don't well, negotiate I th- on. Well, I think and... it's nice that, that you still like stick to whatever feels, whatever yes. feels right to you. So I think that's yes. something that, I mean, I really admire that. I would like to shift the conversation and talk about how has it been to collaborate with other researchers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so we've done, I mean, we've, researchers in terms of the, in terms of, you're talking about practitioners in terms of other artists, or you're talking about researchers in terms of, in the academy? I'm, which... yeah, just uh, researchers in terms of other artists, um, or researchers in terms of, like, even scientists, mathematicians, mm-hmm. I know you are also a, a, a into poetry, poetry. Mm-hmm. So like all those things, how, how has it been to collaborate with other people? Yeah. I mean, our work is deeply collaborative. Um, I am not the kind of choreographer that's interested in going into a room by myself and making up a bunch of stuff and then coming into the room and bossing everyone around and telling them what to do. Like I'm very interested in what happens when human beings connect together, when we're in conversation, when we share our ideas. Um, so there's a, there's a deeply collaborative process that has even become more collaborative since I'm now no longer dancing on stage with the dancers, but I'm more acting as a director and a facilitator of the creative process in many ways. Um, so collaboration is a huge part of the work that we do. Um, I love bringing in artists that interrupt some of the things that we think we do well or, or who bring completely different ideas or different ways of thinking than, um, than are present in the company. So Disa Bela Grimes is a deep thinker and collaborator in terms of thinking about the the subject material and also like the energy and charge and ashe behind what we're doing. Um, he's uh, I will also say Jacqueline Barrios, who's a she's actually a researcher and a, um, a high school teacher who is has been a deep part of our work for many many years. We originally met her when our our company performed at the Skirball. And we did a piece called um, I Dream America. And she then proceeded to take all of her students <laughs> to, to back to the school. And they all created some of their own versions of I Dream America, which were so incredible. And um, 
since then we've been often on collaborating and she a lot of times will like create material or curriculum based on some of the things that we're working on and we actually just got a grant finally to be able to do a project together coming up um and we were just were talking about it kind of f uh, focusing it on the idea of protest and writing and art making around protest so she's been a just a, a really long time amazing collaborator in many ways that has also continued to keep us rooted in in the community working with youth making sure that um, youth is a huge part of you know how we're how we're always kind of framing our work because if if the work speaks to young people I think it's an important it's an important part of like we're we're talking about future we're talking about imagining reimagining a future where um, justice is possible where compassion is possible and um, so working with youth is a huge part of that kind of envisioning and futuring. Congratulations on the grant. I have Yay, thank you. I have four more questions for you, but I want okay. to be very mindful of your time. Um, my first question is, do you think that arts and science can be separated or cannot be separated? Mm, I think that our culture has lo loves to, and I think this is white supremacy and this is, you know, capitalism is loves to compartmentalize things and think of things in their own lane or think of things as disconnected. I mean, it's the way we even think about the human body, right? Like we, um, in our medical field, we, the, you look at the symptom of like the part of the body that is hurting versus looking at the entire system. Um, so I deeply believe that, that dance is in relationship with so many of the different sort of areas of thinking, but specifically science and especially in around, around health, around energy, around mm -hmm. um, time, around, I mean, there's so many intersections and connections. I mean, I know we were talking briefly uh, when we were setting this up around like brain science, you know, that my, my son is doing neurofeedback right now and like how incredible it is to think about the brain and how it's connected to so many of the different parts of the body and, yes. and impacted by memory and impact and how memory lives inside of our bodies. And so, yeah, there's, I could talk for yeah, <laughs> two yeah. hours about all of that, but I think that they're deeply integrated and connected and um, yeah. And I think the more we can stop compartmentalizing, the more we can really actually actualize the power of both of of the arts and of the science if we can think of them as being in relationship with one another more Ana Maria do you have any advice for graduate students or people that are aiming to be either in academia or be artists or become artists any advice mm. that you have for them yeah I think I think be bold I mean be brave um, I think that there's a lot of you know are we the culture that we live in right now the social media culture I don't I didn't grow up in that culture I really that culture began once I was already a grown-up and I see in this next generation there's a lot of like um, perfectionism and wanting to like appear to be having everything all perfect and already you know like airbrushed basically yeah. and and art making is messy you know like academia is messy. I mean, discovery and research is messy. It's all complicated and messy. And sometimes it's, it, you go into dead ends. Sometimes you make really bad stuff. And um, I think that sort of that bravery of creation and bravery of like putting things out there and, and making, making, taking huge ideas and, and being boldly sharing, boldly sharing them out loud is really I mean, it's given me my life. I wouldn't be where I am today if I if I 
yeah, if I didn't just sometimes completely, totally screw up and, um, and you, you gotta be willing to do that in order to be able to, um, yeah, live your, live your fullest, your best life. So I think that's bold and brave. (laughs) Did you move today? Did I move today? Yeah, absolutely. I did. Um, my moving today did not look like what a typical dancing is, although that's not true. I'd actually recorded myself doing a little bit of a dance film that we're going to be putting out next week um, about protests. So, Great. so I did a little bit of that, but I also, I moved my body a lot with my boys today. I, uh, we got, just got a, like a kind of inflatable bounce house situation. Great. <laughs> I was doing that. I was stretching this morning. Um, I also was running around the backyard with them you know, I was, I was yeah. definitely moving my body a lot today. <laughs> What's movement for you? Uh, movement for me is exactly all of those things that I just described, but also um, I know for me the, the moving to music and moving to breath are the two pla- th- places that when I do that, I feel like myself. I feel like all is right in the world. I feel like my cells are aligned in the way they're supposed to be aligned. I feel like my brain is functioning and working in the way it's supposed to be working. So, so I feel like music and breath are an important part of, of that movement practice. I don't always get to, to it because of, um, because of the, the, the strains on my time in terms of mothering, but I do feel like, um, the, when I do, I, I feel the difference. Absolutely. Anna Maria, thank you very much for your time. If I could go back, uh, to mm-hmm. my life when I was I mean I'm still young but if I could go back I would and if I were if I was living in uh, California I would definitely <laughs> audition for your company because yes. I admire you I admire your work so thank oh. you so much for saying yes and for taking the time yes of course and then what one last thing I would like to ask you is if you can share with everyone listening, where can we find you online? Yes. When I was going to say, you should join us for Futuro. We have a summer program every single summer and we would love for you to be there. And you can totally come and pretend like you're a contratiempo dancer <laughs> like, and feel that love. Uh, but we, we have a website, contra-tiempo.org is our website. Um, our, our Instagram handle is contra underscore tiempo. Um, we are on Twitter, we're on, on Facebook, so people should definitely stay in touch. Uh, and we've really started moving a lot of our stuff online, so you don't have to be in Los Angeles to, to connect with us and work with us. And so I encourage people to, to yeah, to stay in touch and, and connect with us because we're doing a lot of, a lot of stuff that's crossing borders. And, and you could be anywhere and still be a part of the community for sure. Great. Thank you again so much for your time. Is there anything else that Thank you would you. like to share before we end the podcast? Um, yeah, I mean, I just about the Futuro program this this summer, it's going to not look the same way that it has in the past. We're not going to get to be in person, but um, we're we're trying to move a lot of our programming online um, tomorrow. Is this going to be out tomorrow or is it it's recorded, pre-recorded? It's pre-recorded in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So so every Tuesday at uh, 1 p.m. on a Pacific time um, and you guys can figure out all the other times, but, but 1, 1 p.m. Pacific Pacific time. I have been doing an interview series of lots of different mama artivists or uh, change makers or people who are really engaged in powerful and amazing work that we're wanting to sort of amplify and, and shout out. 
Um, and then on Wednesdays, we do a dancing familias class, which is a get down with families and anybody who wants just to get down with people of all ages. It's really fun. Um, and then on, on Thursdays, we have a company class uh, and it's a rotating roster of our, t- of our artists who teach. Um, and it's, so, it's, so it's different forms every week and it's really a fun class and lots of different kinds of moving but it's always connecting into that contratiempo community so yeah people should join us and and they're all free um when we were we're taking donations but we're as of now we're paying for them uh through grants and hoping to continue to offer the programming for you know so so everybody and anybody can come great thank you so much for your time and i know that people can listen to those uh, also on tuesday because i listened to the one with i think Uh, when you where you interview Rocky, yeah. So yeah, I definitely recommend you guys doing that. And yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you haven't moved, maybe you still have a couple of hours. Thank you so yeah. much, Ana Maria. Thank you, Andres. Take care. Have a beautiful Bye. night. You too. Ciao.